Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the discussion of the day on Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Now, do you remember sitting in a classroom and the teacher asked for a volunteer for something no one really wanted to do and there was always one person who raised their hand as if it was on fire, waving it around so no one could miss it? Or perhaps you were playing during recess and someone decided to organize a game of tag or hide and seek. Now, while we sometimes think those kids were pests or just simply wanted to be the teacher's pet, what they decided they would be for themselves was a leader. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how leadership begins with you. Now, what someone believes for themselves and what others perceive may be two totally different descriptions. But the truth is, those that organize a game or volunteer do something that may not be popular actually know they're leaders. And maybe they're leading only themselves, but they are leading. Now, on the other side, though, people are taking notice, and it would be interesting if we could see how that uncontrollable raising and waving of a hand inspired others to stand up and start to lead. So what do you think is the greatest challenge faced by any leader? Leading yourself. Now, most leadership failure is the result of poor self-leadership. Leading yourself, personal leadership, is the most important task of any leader. It's the most important set of practices a leader can develop. And personal leadership starts with accepting responsibility for leading yourself first. It's a commitment to lead your own life, and it's a commitment to take the opportunity to create and design and live a life of meaning and purpose. Now, to contribute to others and make a difference and impact the world around you, that is the icing on the cake. Now, in other words, leadership starts with leading yourself. And before you can do that, you must lead yourself before you lead others. 
And to live a life that serves and impacts others, it requires that you lead yourself and you cannot lead yourself first. Why would anyone want to follow you? People don't follow leaders who fail to lead themselves. Now, what that happens is you have to first recognize that you are the leader of your own life. It's to recognize you lead from within and have a positive impact on others. So what does that look like and what's the foundation? First, you have to have a clarity of purpose and a purpose and a vision that makes clear why you exist and why you want to achieve with your life. What is it that you really want to do? Next, you have to leverage your uniqueness, a deep understanding as to what makes you unique, your strengths, your weaknesses, and your capabilities. You understand the unique contribution you make to others. Third, you have to cultivate strong character. Character is the heart of who you are as a leader. You have a deep self-awareness, a knowledge of your personal beliefs, your blind spots, your habits, your motivations, and your values. And you've developed a set of values, principles, and habits that form the foundation of your leadership. Fourth, you have to maintain a leader's mindset. Building a leadership mindset, attitude, and perspective that supports effective execution and daily action. The fifth is effective management of time and energy. Now, you've developed the practices and habits necessary to manage your energy and time so that you can achieve more with less. The sixth is trust-based relationships. You've developed a network of relationships with people who can advise, guide, and inspire you to live a life of greatness. Finally, continuous learning and growth. You have a process and approach to accelerate your learning and growth as you navigate towards your purpose and passion and vision. So leadership starts with you. It starts by leading yourself first. So the question is, are you effectively leading yourself? Are you going after positions that stretch you or are you holding back because you don't think you have all the qualifications, or at least right now? Do you think the experience you have is just not enough? Well, leaders are made, not born. They're made through behaviors and choices they make. Many people believe that people can become leaders through a process of teaching, learning, and observation. But it's a set of skills that can be learned by training, perception, practice, and experience over time. Leadership learning is a lifetime activity. Now remember, the first person you lead is you. You earn the right to lead others when they see you lead your own life as well. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. But when we come back, you'll hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about leading yourself into the position that you deserve. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the glass floor, seven essential qualities for women who lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. 
Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Now it's time for my very special guest, Ande Frazier, who is the CEO, the editor-in-chief of MyWorth. Ande has made it her mission to break down the emotional, behavioral, and societal barriers that stand between women and strong financial foundations. She began her more than 25-year career as a financial advisor, but quickly realized that traditional planning methods didn't account for how much emotions factor into financial decision-making. Wanting to do things differently, she left her early practice and developed an expertise in behavioral finance. Now, in her subsequent years educating other advisors and consumers, she saw again and again that conventional wisdom about women and money was flawed. It's not women's finances that determine their self-worth. It's women's sense of self-worth that determines their finances. And like that, a new philosophy was born. And in late 2018, Ande launched MyWorth, a media community that's inspiring a financial awakening among women who are eager to take control of their financial journeys. MyWorth is built on two core beliefs. Traditional approaches to speaking to women about money are broken, and conversations about money must align directly with women's personal values and goals. She is a sought-after speaker, and she's respected as a thought leader with interests across disciplines. You cannot believe how much stuff she has going on. And she has a new book coming out in 2020, as if she has nothing more to do. So welcome to the show, Ande. I am so excited to have you here. Oh, well, thank you, Judy. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to talk about the discussion that I started of the day. Leadership begins with you. What do you think when you hear that? Well, I think it's so true because, you know, if you can't formulate where you want to go and a vision of where you want to be, then how can you get others to really follow you? I also think that leadership is about empowering the people that you work with in your team. And so you can't do that if you don't first start with yourself. So don't people just follow you because you have the title or the position, you know, instead of just wanting to follow you, they just naturally follow you? You know, no, I don't think so. I think that sometimes people might do the work that you ask them to do if you have a title or a position, but they might not exhibit the passion or go the extra mile or really strive for excellent work unless they feel like you're someone that they believe in, that they trust, that they know has their back. Those are the kinds of people that we really want to build underneath us as leaders. And so we can't do that if we just expect them to follow us just based on a title alone. We have to really strive for them to believe in what we believe in and us do it together. Yeah. And give them a reason to follow you is, is really what for you're sure. saying. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's so many women that'll either leap right into a leadership role or decide they are truly not leaders. What do you say to either one of them? You know, I think that a lot of people think that being a leader, especially if you get a title or a position, you know, is all there is to it is that I get to be somebody that tells other people what to do or maybe gets to have all the perks that go along with leadership. But there's a lot of work that leaders have to do. And so I think sometimes people may jump in without really understanding what they're raising their hand for, while others have always felt like they're leaders, even going back into their childhood, they were the ones that raising their hands in the class, like you said, really looking to be able to make decisions and plow forward. And so I think there's really two different types of people there, people who are willing to jump right in and people who, are, who do it and maybe not know exactly what they're saying yes to. And those people, I think, will struggle as they move along. They'll struggle with leadership if they've just done it for the title or the position. Okay, so let's talk about what's really happening in business today, because we hear so many times that businesses want to attract women for leadership positions. 
but they're not positioned to do that. And there's studies after studies that show that men have been found to apply for a job or take a promotion or just apply for that promotion when they meet 60% of the qualifications. But women will only apply if they meet 100%. Have you seen this? And what do you think about it? I have seen it quite frequently. And I think it's unfortunate. And it's something that we have to bring to everyone's attention, not just women, but also men as well, so that we can start to look for opportunities where if we see a woman that is doing great work, that is exhibiting the characteristics of what a leader would be like, that we encourage her to apply for these positions, that we not only push her to do that, but we also pull her along and let her know that she can have the support and that she can actually accomplish what it is that we see for herself. And so I think it's really up to leaders to look beneath them to see where we can pull others up. And then we also have to encourage our peers to, you know, apply for jobs that maybe they wouldn't think that they would normally qualify for. And that can be both men and women can really support each other in that. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you, where does mindset come into play? Do we really have to, you know, say, oh, I am so confident and talk ourselves into it? Because I know that sometimes if you change a word or you change a thought, you change your life, but you change other people's lives. So where does mindset come to play? I think it's, it's so important. I mean, I talk about mindset and relationships to money constantly, and it goes beyond just your financial things that you're working with. It also goes to everything that you do. And what I find from so many women is that they are super resilient and they have a lot of agility. They're juggling a million things in their lives. They are plowing through. Many of them have maybe gone through different things in their lives, which have caused them to have to rise up and and put on their big girl pants and keep moving. And that resiliency can be extremely valuable in the leadership role because sometimes you may not know exactly what to do, but if you have the resiliency to figure it out and just stick with it, then that can go a longer way than just if you have some basic skills. So I think it's women are really in a unique position to be leaders. And they also exhibit a lot of qualities in terms of understanding the soft skills necessary to be a leader. You know, not just having a great GPA or doing having a good major in college or having some of the more technical skills, but those soft skills are so incredibly important as a leader. And I find so many women exhibit them naturally and can be very valuable to an organization over time. Yeah, I agree. You know, I talk a lot about soft skills and I think a lot of the things we talk about, you know, are parallel. And I do know that when I've spoken and there are a lot of men in the audience, they come up to me later on and they'll say, why have we never been told about soft skills? Why is it just a woman's Mm -hmm. thing? Which is very interesting to me because I don't know if people you know, put it into a bucket that it's just for women because like anything else, I mean, men can definitely do so much more when they realize how important the soft skills are and women can do so much more when they understand about the soft skills. Do you ever see that that it's, you know, more about women when we talk about soft skills? Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of it is very intuitive. So I think women have a natural intuition to be able to pick up on those and interact with soft skills a little bit easier maybe than than most men. But that doesn't mean that men can't do it. I think it just needs to be brought to their attention and they need to understand the value of that and building relationships, especially in the financial world where I think relationship building is the key to having long-term successful practice. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about my worth because it is amazing. It's a media company and yet it really is doing such powerful things for women in financial services. And so I want you to talk about like what why did you create this and how is it such a powerful tool for women for you to understand what women really want and need? 
Well, I am fortunate that I have spent the last 10 years working with um, Penn Mutual, and Penn Mutual has a female CEO, Eileen McDonald. And through the years, Eileen and I have had many conversations about what we could do to encourage more women to join the financial industry and how we can encourage them to do that. And we also talked about how do we reach more women to talk with them about money. We both had friends and family members who were female that we were constantly giving advice and talking to about, and we just recognized there was a really big need for it. So a couple of years ago, I was running another subsidiary for Penn Mutual FinTech Company, and I told her I was really ready to do something different that would make a profound difference for our industry. And she said, I think that, that now's the time for us to really go out there and solve this problem of how we get more women educated about money, how we can encourage them to take ownership of their financial future. And so she said, I think we should make a move and do it now. And so we made the decision to launch a media company that would do just that. And with that, my worth was born. And we launched that with the sole purpose of educating and informing and encouraging women to really understand how money works in their lives and their relationship to money. Okay, so there's a big topic there, women and their relationship to money. And I know that, you know, from my generation growing up, we always heard, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and money's the root of all evil. And then you're asked to go out into this world and earn money or ask people for money to, you know, buy your services or your products. So how important is it to either rewind those tapes or to educate the the women that are coming through the ranks that money is actually just, it's a way to create activity and to bring, to share your brilliance and to share your expertise and that it really is a good thing. It's not, you know, it's not talking about greed. We're talking about wealth and I'm not necessarily talking about wealth with money. We're talking about sharing our, our brilliance. What do you think about that with the relationships? Oh goodness. There's a lot to unpack there. I think first <laughs> of all, going back to that mindset you know, many times our mindset about money really starts in our childhood. And we see something that happens, or maybe it's our first personal experience when we recognize that money means something more than just a medium of exchange. And then we make up stories about that. And that is also combined with the phrases that we hear from parents and teachers and other adults about money. Some of the phrases you mentioned were some of the phrases I heard growing up. And so we start to kind of formulate a story around money. And we go through our childhood with the story about money only to wake up one day as an adult having to make real financial decisions. And instead of addressing that mindset, what we typically do is we try to get an action. So we go to friends and family and we say, where should I be you know, investing? What stocks should I buy? Or maybe you work with a financial planner and you set goals for yourself and you get into action only to not be consistent with it for very long. And the reason is, is because you haven't really uncovered that mindset around money and what it's actually in how it's influencing and how it's impacting your life. And so I really believe we have to go back and unpack that mindset around money because otherwise we will just keep doing things and not getting where we really need to be. I think it's the single reason that many of us are not able to reach our full financial potential. And a lot of these stories do contribute to how we kind of conflate our self-worth and our net worth. And I think that what we have to remember is that money can do so many important things for us, not the least of which can provide us with the ability to educate ourselves or our children or to support or cover our health or to contribute to causes that we care about and to take care of our families. And so when we start to unpack that mindset around money and we develop a new money mantra, I guess, to carry us forward, then we're starting to be able to see how money can really contribute to us fulfilling on what we know for ourselves to be true rather than having it be a reaction to what we're doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's very important that we understand what the opportunities that money will allow you. Like you said, you know, it could be a social cause or it could be something that you totally believe in that you're now able to support. And it's very interesting. When I started my company, I had a business coach and I always have a business coach. And I usually have a male and a female that are either coaches or mentors because I like both perspectives. And it's funny because my business coach had said to me one time, you have to raise your rates. You cannot keep giving everything away. I, you know, you are a for-profit company. You can do nonprofit work, but you have to be able to charge what you're worth. And like you're saying, you know, it's all about what you believe in all of this. But I remember she gave me an exercise to do. And she said, you have to look into the mirror and you have to come up with a number. And you just say, for instance, it's $25,000 and here's what's included. And she said, if you can do that without choking and sweating and gulping and laughing and anything else, then you are comfortable with money. Or in that in that respect. And I remember the first time I did it in the mirror, I was cracking up and I go, I can't do that. I can't do that. But the first time you actually do it in real life and you realize what you're offering is really valuable and that you are worth it, it's a whole different ballgame. So that, again, mindset comes back into play, doesn't it? Your story reminds me of something that I read on Facebook over the weekend where it talked about it's not the hour that I'm spending with a client that matters. It's the you know, 30, 40, yeah. 50 hours that I was getting ready to have that hour conversation. That's what you're really paying for. And I think that we have to remember that our expertise, our knowledge, our ability to relate to people, all of that is valuable, not just the time or the action that we're doing with somebody that we're interacting with. And so I think that can help a lot in determining, you know, I have a lot of value to offer and my skills and my knowledge and my insight and my wisdom is worth something. And I should be charging for that if that is your business model. So what about the people that are receiving your services and, you know, they're getting your 30 years of knowledge and so on? How do you get them to understand that you are worth it? Because sometimes that's the trick. It's not necessarily just yourself, I mean, which is half of it. But sometimes it's the person that you are, you know, offering your services to or your products or whatever that may not see the value because really all you've done is spend an hour with them. You know, I think we have to get really better at doing some self-promotion. And that doesn't mean bragging or being Mm -hmm. conceited in the way that we do that. But I think that we need to start exhibiting more opportunities to tell people why they should be working with us and what we have to offer and what we have a value. And if you can communicate that effectively, then the choice will be up to them whether they want to work with you or not. And there are plenty of people that do value what we have and that will pay for that. And so what I would say is thank you next if they don't see the value in that. I love that you use next. That's my favorite four-letter word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, taking a page out of Ariana Grande's song, thank you next. But I, I do think it's so important, Judy, to be able to recognize that we don't have to fight so hard with Mm -hmm. one client just to get them to do business with us. There are plenty of people out there that need and want our help. And if somebody doesn't see our value, then it's simply a, you know, their choice to make and we need to move on and work with somebody who does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sometimes you can tell that from the very beginning and there you go again, there's your, you know, the instinct that you have, your intuition that you say, you know, this is not the right person. This is not my people. So yeah, I, I totally agree. But I want to ask you a question. So I started in this industry in 1990 and I have seen the needle move obviously not as quickly as we would like it to move. But you've been in the business for a long time and you've changed your your position and you've learned more about what women want in this industry or what they need. So do you see things shifting more 
to actually encourage more women to go into leadership positions. And I know that being with Penn Mutual, and, and I think Eileen is fantastic and what a lucky group that she has this experience and wasn't shy about taking that position, that she knew she could change a lot of people's lives. So have you seen things shifting to having more women in leadership positions? And how do businesses encourage more women to go into these positions? You know, I am starting to see that there's a lot more talk about having women in leadership positions. I certainly think that that's a sign of the times with so much in the news and in the media about women. And you know, there's been a lot of really great momentum that's been generated from women outside of our industry in terms of leadership and, and demanding equal pay and even running for the highest office in our land. And so I do think there is a momentum now that is different than what it has been for the past two decades. I do think it's very important, though, that we are very genuine and sincere when we look to bring women into leadership. We have to recognize that women leaders actually provide something of value. It's not just the check the box kind of category or let's do it because it's the thing to do at the moment. You know, women have the ability, just as I mentioned earlier, by offering resilience, they can um, manage ambiguity. They are able to take risk in a different way and have agility that can be so valuable to an organization. And so when women are in leadership roles, what I've been seeing is, is that they bring a different way of thinking to the organization and to the companies that they're running. They're allowing business to grow in a very innovative way. They're building teams differently. And they're actually contributing to better and bigger results to organizations and companies. And so it's not just we need to do it because it's the thing to do right now or it looks good. We need to do it because it adds value to what we're doing as an organization or company. It can increase the bottom line. And after all, isn't that what a lot of people want is to increase the bottom line? So we have to recognize that women can do that in a way that's different. They have skills and talents and a different fabric that they can bring that allows an organization to grow in a different way and expand. And we have to remind people that this is not a women's issue. It's a business issue. And I think that a lot of people Absolutely. go, oh, that's so cute. You want to do things for women. How sweet. And it really is a business issue. And like you said, it does increase the bottom line. And there are so many studies and statistics that you can pull up just to show that. So I think that's a really important point. And thanks for making that. So you have a new book coming out in 2020, which is right around the corner. Tell us about that. So this book is not a how-to book. I, I felt like there were so many how-to books already out there that I didn't want to write another one right now. Maybe I'll do that at some point. But this book is really 11 conversations for someone to have with themselves about life, money, and worth. And so we talk a little bit in the book around childhood and these beliefs and things that we form related around money, how what our mindset is like. And then I start talking a little bit about some of the areas of their financial life they should be taking a look at. And it's really designed to get the reader to be introspective and to be thinking about some of these decisions and to start to be questioning whether they've done the right job or they need to do the right job. It's getting them to start to think so that they will get proactive about taking some sort of action. So I go through and I talk a little bit about the areas of someone's financial life that they want to be considering and some of the questions they should be asking themselves. And then at the end of the book, I talk about what happens when you have unexpected events come up or you have an expected event and how to handle that. And so it's a really um, a thought-provoking book and something that I think women will really value and cause them to really think and, and perhaps have discussions with other family members and friends about their future and their life. I love that. So when can we expect that? 
So we are launching the book in January. I have uh, been spending the last week looking at covers for the book, and so it'll be going to print within the within the month. And so we're excited about having a launch in January, and it's a great time to be launching a book because that's when everyone is getting started with New Year's resolutions and starting to be thinking about filing for their tax returns. So I um, look forward to having this be something that people will read as they're beginning their their new year and a new decade. And I hope that you'll send me the link so I can share it all over for you because this is a perfect book, especially that time of year. But it's also a great book for people to really understand about this entire topic and especially women in this topic. So, yeah. Absolutely. Be glad to do that. The book is titled Financially Free. But when you look at the book cover, you'll also see that we've done a little play on words where it's not just financially free, but it's finally free. Free to really think about what we want and what we need and then to get into action and take get started. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that and can't wait to read it. So yay. So how can yay. our listeners come uh, get connected with you and uh, see all the great things and be ready for that book? Well, I think the very first thing that I would encourage all your listeners to do is to go to myworthfinance.com and check out our site. You can subscribe to our newsletters. We do a couple of newsletters a week that give out some of our um, most highly coveted pieces. You can also connect with us on social media. We're very active on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and even YouTube. Um, We even have some private Facebook groups. Um, One that we're doing right now is around your money mindset. And what I love about this particular private group is that we allow the women to really organically build conversations and have discussions with each other that they feel are most valuable. So we find that women are encouraging and supporting each other. And my worth is really kind of getting the conversation started. We're not really weighing in too much. We just wanted to create a very safe place for this community of women to to grow and to build and to find the resources that they really need. So we're kind of all over the place. We also have a great video series that we just launched at the end of August called Self-Rising, where we're talking to women of all businesses or all journeys, just women who are up to something and talk about how they're using their journeys or their experiences to really rise and bring themselves up. And it's just a really fun video series to watch to get to learn about so many important women doing some really amazing things. Well, thank you for putting all that together, Ande, because really it is something that we need and something that we sometimes don't recognize that we need until we're really immersed in it and go, really, why didn't I know that? So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And and thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. But thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. I mean, you've got so much great information and I'm excited to stay connected and create some amazing adventures together. Well, thanks, Judy. You know, we've grown to 100,000 women within a year and a half. And so we just look forward to continuing to partner and encourage and work with other women throughout the country. And so thank you for this opportunity. It's really terrific. Absolutely. And I had a funny quote that I just found, which I think that we both understand. And it was on Working Mother. And it said, I read recently that there are more CEOs named John than there were women CEOs. I'm changing my name to John. (laughs) <laughs> well, if that's what works, it's a shame that that has to be the way it is, though, right? Right. But I just thought it was funny because it is true that there are more CEOs named John than there are women CEOs. So, But I do want to thank everyone for tuning in today and every Monday where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business, and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. And make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next week, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com 
C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.